Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Yeah, I mean, what, what coach doesn't preach? Uh, chemistry and family and all that stuff like that, right? But then you 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 see you see the you see how the plans come in the come into play and come into light. You know, you, again, that's a perfect story. Not not one person knew knew about James. Now we did. We knew his talent. You know, and it just again it goes to show you, Coach Rules down there working with the scout team, and the demonstration team, and here James is balling his butt off, right? So he comes to he comes to me and and T Knight is like hey man we got to get this guy on the field T Knight goes and and Coop Coop you know suggested a package T Knight's like yeah we can put him in this position to just let him let him turn him loose we get together we come up with the package and the coverage and stuff like that and then we 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 let him go play and sure enough it happens so now all those other guys in that in that room and that demonstration team. They're going like crazy because they know that that could be that could happen to them next, you know. And again, it all goes back to the chemistry of the guys, you know, and and validating the work that they're putting in. You know, it's one thing to, to say work hard because you will. It's another thing to be like, hey, work hard because that just happened right now, you know. So. Kicking off hour number three here on Hurt Out Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me, and we are joined now by Avery Howard, our friend. And colleague here at Hurt Out Sports, Avery. How you doing? What up, Avery? I don't know if I can hear you guys. I don't know if you can. Can you hear? Is this better? Check more. Um, Yeah. No. A little bit more. A little bit more. See. See. We good. We had that already dialed up there, and Shane's like, "Turn it down. Turn it down." The music in between gets a little loud. Okay, I think we're good. That's your fault. We good? Okay. It's all good, Shane. Uh, Can I can I ask a question real quick? And I don't mean to steal Avery's thunder here, but go ahead. (laughs) What is the demonstration team? I've th- never heard that before. I think it was just he was, like, renaming the scout team. It kind of sounded like. Oh, uh, yeah. Because yeah, they kind of, be like, right. demonstrate what the other team's doing. Yeah. Like, what the opponent's mm-hmm. doing okay. for the next week. All right. I'll move on. I'll. Uh, That's what I assume. Turn the mic yeah. off now. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. <laughs> That's what I, I assumed. I've never heard that term either. He used it, like, interchangeably, like, right afterwards. Mm-hmm. It's like he almost, yeah. like, caught himself. It's almost like maybe just, like, a like lingo an internal. thing. Yeah, no one likes use. to say the same word three times a row in a row in the same sentence. Scout, like scout, scout. Yeah. You use that. 
or if you use the word overcome. You know what like he doesn't. Like, ah, I want to use a different word than overcome in my next sentence. You I know what he doesn't have a hard time saying over and over again on the grass. is on the grass. <laughs> <laughs> it drives me yeah. crazy, and I don't know why. Yeah. I think it might just be like an internal thing. Like I know like on soccer terms, like sometimes you'll be called like a reserve or a subs, but like some coaches on certain coaching staffs, like they won't use that at all. Like they'll call them game changers. They will not use like reserves or subs like at Mm -hmm. all. They just call them game changers or like here comes our new wave of game changers. Um, So I think it might just be like a lingo belief thing potentially. I think I would have preferred being called a game changer more. I was mostly called a scrub, which I (laughs) did not love, but uh Probably more accurate mm-hmm. than Game Changer. Although I, I called, did, I was called Scrappy. So I, <laughs> I don't know how much better that is. <laughs> right. Yeah, although I, you know, Game Changer can be positive yeah. or negative. So I, I might have been a Game Changer. I'm just not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you in which That's way. Uh, <laughs> so Avery, coming off of, you know, not, you and I talked about this a little bit yesterday, um, but coming off of that Northwestern game, I guess just how did you? I guess, how did you feel overall about the performance? Because I think some people sort of walked away feeling a little lackluster. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, we talked about this. It's not the prettiest thing in the world to yeah. watch, but you still come out with the W there. I guess a- as you're kind of watching Nebraska turn into this Iowa-esque team, like how does that – I guess how do you just process that in real time? Um, it was kind of similar to, uh, I guess, the way I processed it, kind of to the Illinois game because I walked away from that game on the road kind of feeling – confident just hearing what I'd heard after the Michigan game and then their response and I think I was kind of surprised to see so many of the negative responses after the Illinois game just Mm -hmm. because yeah it wasn't the prettiest but it never felt like Illinois was threatening and I felt like yeah that's a defensive side of the ball kind of thing however I, uh, I did expect more of a dominant performance against Northwestern but I think when you watch the way that the you I, I just think you have to remember like we have such high expectations, I think, so quickly just because of how much reassurance we're being fed constantly week after week from this coaching staff and just how much they're not in panic, it seems like. So mm-hmm. I think our bar went from maybe the very bottom coming off last year yeah. as viewers and fans and media members to just kind of like setting it really high because everything seems like it's so much better mm-hmm. than where it was at that when there's games like that, I think last year Nebraska fans would have been like, hey, we, we got it done. You know, they gave up a field goal in the th- – fourth quarter but it, you know they didn't blow it out that kind of thing and now I just think the bar of expectation has been set so high again after just I think knowing that there's just um, a good coaching staff in place <laughs> that's putting like I, taking the right steps that when I watch this team rally around each other even after an ugly win mm-hmm. I can see what it means to them and I can see what it means to an offensive side of the ball that's literally trying to do whatever they can to score points or and I am not saying that's an excuse for the interceptions and putting the balls on the ground, that kind of thing, but they're so supportive of one another. And you see how coach rule reacts in locker room afterwards. That was at what, what was it? 17 to nine. Mm-hmm. That was, yeah. 17 to nine win. And I think everyone was like, what was that? And then you see the, the way the team's reacting. Like they have to fight every tooth and nail for a win right now. So I think as, as, as disappointing sometimes it seems when you feel like, okay, on paper, this team, Nebraska should be just, going after mm-hmm. it but there's just so many struggles that they're going through right now and for them to still come out on top I think I have to take a step back and be like a win is a win for this team right now and it might be ugly but like the heart the grit and mm-hmm. the toughness is there and there's the no quit that I can appreciate and I can value and I'm not in that locker room right now I don't mm-hmm. know what that's like so I think I, I kind of was surprised a little bit after Illinois on the negative responses not so much for Northwestern but just watching what these wins mean to this team I think kind of says 
what it is for me right now. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned on paper. I, I don't know if any anybody should expect this team to light the world on fire, <laughs> right. even when this team was fully <laughs> mm-hmm. healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if we're being honest, this is not Michigan. This is not Ohio State. Right. This is not Penn State. They're mm-hmm. trying to build to get there, mm-hmm. and they have every intent to right. at some point. But no one should be expecting them to cover every single week right. and to be absolutely dominant. Where I'm most impressed with this team is just seeing the progress overall from last year's team to this mm-hmm. year's team. And that starts with the turnover margin. Mm-hmm. Like it, Even if they put the ball on the ground, even if they give the ball to the other team via interception, what happens at the end of most games? They're either close to even or above average. Right? That, that's where this team rests. That's why they win games. That's why they can win 17-9 to instead of being on the losing end of that. So it just kind of all boils down to just taking a chill pill, mm-hmm. right? Just being okay with the W, even if it looks ugly. We talk about ugly wins mm-hmm. all the time. You have to win ugly before you can win pretty, mm-hmm. right? It, until you get there, be happy with where, where they are today mm-hmm. and, and, and how they've battled through all this adversity. It goes back to preparedness, right? So Tony White uh, said he's never been around a program that's had to move pieces around like this one, right. right? And being prepared just for anything that comes their way. And I think that also falls into the injury category of having young guys ready to go, ready to step up. But do you think that applies – hmm, how do I put this? I think that applies to more than just how – difficult Nebraska is to prepare for like from an opponent point of view because um, there's so many moving pieces that even opponents out there are like who are we going to get today that's I mean on the defensive side like there's so many guys that Mm -hmm. are in and out and like we've always we've talked this for week after week like the level doesn't drop you half the time don't even know who's out there and so like for on an offensive side I can imagine what that's like and also what I kind of meant too on the Northwestern game is like on paper when you look at rushing defense and rush offense for Nebraska. It was like, that is their bread and butter, and Northwestern has none of that. And then for Nebraska to take to the air game as much as they did, I mean, I'm assuming on Northwestern's end, they were like, well, I didn't expect that. Mm -hmm. I mean, and not that it necessarily necessarily executed. I mean, 17, I think we said dropbacks for Heinrich, and he completed eight of them, the one 44-yard or whatever it was. But I don't think Northwestern out of the gate was like, yeah, they're going to toss it around the yard here today so I don't know I think like as, as Nebraska's trying to figure that out I can imagine but like I think too it's probably just more difficult the probably an obvious statement here but on the defensive end just because they can shuffle so many guys in and even if someone is out of position or someone goes down we haven't really even seen that so far the injury on that side but like there's so many guys that I just don't think the level drops it and on the offensive side I didn't even realize because in the flow of the game that um Jenkins was in at center at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Didn't even I, I didn't even know. Yeah. I'd be and I mean I probably should have because I knew Ben Scott went out, yeah. but I was paying attention to mm-hmm. all the other things on the offense. And I'm like the fact that he went from a guard position to center, and I didn't even realize. Like talk about your preparedness level. Like in personally, like you have to look at different kinds of film to be ready for that. Mm-hmm. Like you're studying not only a guard position, like you're studying the whole O line. I think that's something they've talked about previously too like we're not just studying for one position like we study as a group like if I've got to throw you in there like you got to know the coverages you got to know the package so I think the detail oriented stuff like that I can only imagine what that's like to learn but to get ready prepared Mm -hmm. against yeah I mean it and you you talked about it on the defensive side of the ball a little bit where they just have so many pieces and it kind of it's a little funny to me actually because like you mentioned the injuries there actually have been a couple injuries on the defense. We just don't notice. <laughs> we just don't know. Right? Like Luke Reimer missed yeah. significant right, time. Right. Uh, Nick Henrich yep. was not healthy to start the season. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Singleton still not playing. Yep. 
and we just don't notice because everybody back there is awesome right. and it's all good. Mm -hmm. And then you throw in scout team guys in there that you've never heard of before. Mm -hmm. You have to literally look up on your roster who just made that sack mm -hmm. because you have no idea who James Williams is. KC kid. And you're just you, – you, Everybody but Avery apparently. Yeah, she was like, that's my guy. That's my guy. Um, no, but, you know, you, you've got this uh, – there's this almost incredible confidence on the defensive side of the ball because – the fact is, they don't need James Williams right now. Mm -hmm. They've got enough guys on the D-line. They've got enough guys at those rush positions. They don't need James Williams right now. But they're like, hey, you know, we've got this guy who can play. We're going to get him on the field. And they know they're going to need guys like James Williams next year or the year mm -hmm. after or whatever, right? And, and Coach White kind of talked about this is – James Williams is is the validation that, like, hey, your hard work's going to pay off. Yeah, like, like, you will get a shot. Yeah, like, if yeah. you're good enough on scout team, you will get a shot. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of coaches talk about that, yeah. right? They're like, oh, hey, if you really ball out, no matter what it's your role hope. is. Yeah, they, they're just blowing smoke up mm -hmm. your butt, right? Because mm -hmm. they're like, you're never going to play. Mm -hmm. Some Juco D lineman mm -hmm. on scout team mm -hmm. is – is never going to play no matter how good he is. And they're like, oh, no, James Williams is good. We're going to play him. Yeah. We're going to put him in a package. And then he balled out in the game. Like, hey, we're yeah. going to play you more. Yeah, how cool was that? It wasn't even like we're going to put him. It was like we have a design package for him to get into the game. They designed because, a package for because, a scout team guy. Because of how hard he'd been playing in scout team yeah. and how much, like, he was causing havoc Problems. for their own offense. Yeah. I think it was interesting that um, – I think Tony said it yesterday. He was like, we would not be the defense that we are if the offense isn't the offense that they are in practice. So, like, I think there's a lot of frustrations for the fans right now seeing what the identity is. But, like, because the offense is going as hard as they are and trying to get better every day and trying to figure out, like, what this offense is going to look like and being the run offense that we've seen at times, like, the defense has been well prepared. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's not – you know, I don't, I don't think – People should hear that and say, hey, the, the offense is balling out in practice and right. stuff like that. But they're going hard. hard. They're going yeah. full contact. Mm -hmm. They're going, you know, Coach Rule talked about, hey, we've got the second hardest practice in America, according to the NFL scout. But, you know, it, it's the thing that we don't think about all the time. And it's this is really intuitive. But until somebody says it out loud, you don't necessarily think about it is, OK, if you don't want guys to be better at tackling, you have to tackle and practice. But somebody has to get tackled, mm -hmm. right? Like that's the offense. Mm -hmm. Those yeah. are, you're, you're submitting yourself mm -hmm. to a pounding in practice mm -hmm. when you know you're going to have to do that during game week and maybe you're trying to get fresh or whatever, but you're doing it to help out your defense, right? Yeah. Like, and that's not, that's not something that I'd ever really thought about before, even though it's, you know, it's obviously it's super, like somebody has to get tackled to right. work on tackling, right? I think too, like a major kudos to this team because when you have a, a side of the ball that performs this well and then you have another side of the ball that's struggling so much and then at the end of the day they're both giving each other credit for making each other better like the this team could be going like this right now they entirely could like defense could be like we're sick and tired of it like please like can you help us out here and instead it's like hey we know you guys are hurt we know you're struggling like this is an all-for-one situation. Like, we got you. And instead of we got you, it's like, no, no, actually, can you turn the ball over? We want to go back out there again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we want to shut them, shut them down. But I just think, like, the way that this team has rallied around each other as a whole and not – I mean, you really could be divided on two ends. It could be defense has been doing their thing and offense, like, can you figure it out? And I think instead to see them come together and really even credit each other still at this portion of the season is kind of an impressive, actually, to me. Yeah, a couple of things you guys just said there. One, creating the package for James um, – are we at all shocked that this coaching staff did that? Uh -huh. Like, like, are we like sitting here thinking like, huh, 
I'm really shocked that they did that. Like this coaching staff. Maybe not this staff. No, not staff. Yeah, yeah, this staff. In I general, think it's unusual uh-huh. first. It's, it's in, totally unusual yeah. Yeah. In, in the, the grand but scheme for this of things. staff. Yeah. But for this staff, I was. You guys said that, and I'm like, mm. yeah, that makes sense. And I, <laughs> and it kind of it does make sense. Honestly, yeah. it's the same thing when they go out and recruit somebody I've never heard of. That's like, ah, no, he's really fast. We like his frame. And you know what? I think that's where it all started. Yeah. I think our expectation for the staff started with, who is this guy, and yeah. why do you think he's going to be good? Playing Division One football in a power yeah, five. You got like Charles and Turner and Jalen Lloyd, and like none of these guys had had big time mm-hmm. offers, and they're just like, yeah, no, we like them. And we'll you take know, them. in in year one, it's easy to say like, you know what, I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna trust that that's the right move. Mm-hmm. And you know what, three years, two years, whatever down the road, if it's not the right move, we'll know it, and you guys will hear it. But that's the kind of the state of mind that everybody's in right now, from fans to media, just the college football world. It's like, hmm, okay, well, Nebraska has a winning record. They're four and three. They're on pace to get somewhere where they haven't been in a long time. Mm-hmm. Maybe they actually do more, do know more than people gave them credit mm-hmm. for early on in the season. Because when you do go after guys with no stars, you're, you're driving past a high school in Colorado and you just happen to stop to stop because some coach said, hey, you should look at this guy. He had no other, no other offers anywhere else. And then he ends up with one to, to Nebraska at the end of that day. Like, that's just because the staff sees things that other people don't. So that's why I'm just not overly surprised when, you know, things kind of evolve throughout the season. Like, when things just kind of hit us and we're just like, hmm, this staff will know what to do. Well, it kind of goes back to that confidence thing, right? Because I think other coaching staffs do see those things, but they don't have the confidence. Only Nebraska. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't think they have – a lot of staffs don't have the confidence to go out there and say, hey, I'm putting myself out there. They. They, maybe they'll see a guy and they're like, oh, I kind of like him. And then they look him up and they're like, oh, he doesn't have any other offers. He doesn't have any stars. Nobody's talking about this guy. Like, they trust their eyes more than any coaching staff I've seen for a really long time. It, you know, I, and I know Husker fans hate when I do this. It reminds me of when uh, the Creighton staff would offer a guy like Kyrie Thomas. Oh, that I hate when you do not this. A lot, <laughs> not a lot of guys saw coming out of high school. Yeah. Or they offer a guy like Justin Patton before anybody cared about who Justin Patton was because they trusted their eyes, they trusted their evaluations. Nebraska's coaching staff is so good at that, and they're so confident in their ability to develop that they're okay taking swings mm-hmm. on a guy that other, other schools, I, I legitimately think, they probably see the same things and just don't have the confidence in their own either development or in their own eyes to say, yeah, we're going to take this guy. I just don't think you can like undervalue what a like full belief from a coaching staff and an individual player does for a team mm-hmm. and, a, and a player in general. Like every single kid is the star at their high school if they're going to go play college football at some point, right? Like you are the star. And then you get to college and it's like – and you see the kids that either quit, they don't love it anymore, they're not committed to it anymore – and it's because they're not, they're probably, if it's not self-inflicted and it's not, you know, a lack of hard work and that kind of stuff, it's, they're not getting the same belief that they've gotten basically, I would say for probably their most of life. their career. Yeah. And you look at, and it's, and that's really hard because you go from being a star and you, you can be self-motivated and stuff like that. But if your coach is not willing to give you the same exact treatment as he's giving the next guy and you're working just as hard, that's really hard to go to practice every single day and know that I still have a fair shot. I'm going to make an impact in this team. When you look at the guy next to me, he's making more mistakes, but because maybe whatever relationship you guys have, I'm not going to get a shot. So I think for the guys that are on this team that have been there before this coaching staff, I said this, I think a few weeks ago on the radio show, like the relationship that coach rule and Luke Reimer has is like fascinating to me because Luke Reimer has always been a name that this fan base has appreciated. He's always put in good work for Mm -hmm. this team. 
But this year he's become the voice, Coach Rule says. He's become the reason Coach Rule originally like fell in love with this place, as he said. He's like, you don't understand what he's done for me to like get to know what this place is like and like enjoy coaching mm-hmm. here. Like the player, like Tommy Hill, like he was like, it just took Coach Cooper to be like, hey, you're good but like do you know how good you can be like Mm -hmm. I'm gonna put some belief in you and like you show me like and I got you and I think for a coaching staff to do that like play from what it sounds like I could be completely completely (laughs) wrong right but from what it looks like and the guys that are stepping up that have been on this roster before Mm -hmm. and then have a little bit of belief and someone's like we think you're good we don't think you're a waste of space and we don't think you're a waste of a scholarship like be you're be impactful and Mm -hmm. like I think that belief goes a long way to see the guys that were just stepping on the field a few times to being like the dudes on this team. Like that's not an enigmat like, oh, we found this random talent. Like it was already there. It just mm-hmm. had to kind of be ignited again. Do you guys remember Big Ten Media Days and the three players that went with Coach Rule the Big sure Ten do. Media Days? Uh-huh. It was Ethan Piper, it was Quentin Newsom, and it was Luke Reimer. Right? Yeah, and we were all like Okay. <laughs> well, no, a lot of people were like, Luke Reimer, uh-huh. right? That was the one. Like, yeah. Ethan Piper under, was understood. Yes, for sure. Quentin Newsom went last year, it, right? Yes, so it was just but it was, like, it was like no quarterback. Uh-huh, no quarterback. Well, Jeff went. Sims, I guess, was oh, there for yeah, one of them. But, like, it wasn't right. a running back. It wasn't, like, whatever. Was it Jeff? It was Jeff, Jeff Sims, Sims and Piper. I'm Piper. sorry, did I say Newsom? Newsom. Yeah, yeah Newsom. okay. Yeah. Scratch that. We'll rebirth. Mm-hmm. We're going back. Yeah. Okay. Sims makes Sims, sense. Right. Sims makes sense. Piper makes sense. And then everyone was like, Luke mm-hmm. Reimer. And I remember watching Luke in spring practice. And I was watching him work with Dvorak, and he was just with his like his group of group of guys, right? MJ Sherman was there um, in, in that same pod. It wasn't all linebackers, but it was just like Luke Reimer and Dvorak were like side by side. Luke would run a play, it uh, run a play, run a drill. Um, it would be like 120 percent. That's how he would move, and then he would sprint back in line. And he would talk to somebody, mm-hmm. oh, talk, yeah. talk about a rep, talk about something different. It was with so much fresh, like Matt yeah. Noonan was mm-hmm. with, with that group. He would talk to Maverick Noonan. Then he would do his rep again, 130%, mm-hmm. right? So not only is he working by example, leading by example in that moment of saying like, hey, no matter what, if this is practice, if, if this is a game, we are going full speed. We're running through this brick wall. But he's also coming back around and he's teaching. Mm-hmm. And that is – that's what embodies a leader. Mm-hmm. And that's what Coach Rule really, mm-hmm. I think, took a liking to early on because then Dvorak would lean on Reimer to get information across to certain mm-hmm. players. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of watching this beautiful carousel, <laughs> like just go yep. mm-hmm. in this one little pod. And then I'd go over to Evan Cooper's drill and he's just screaming away. <laughs> yelling at um, but I love Evan Cooper. Different mm-hmm. communication yeah, styles. Different type of communication yeah. style. But, no, but Coop's but, great. But that also goes back to what you were saying about Luke Reimer and, yeah. and Rule's affinity for him. Well, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you saw a very similar thing we talked about this a little bit earlier with Ethan Piper, another guy that was at Media Days, right, is, okay, this guy's out injured for the season. He's already talking about, okay, this is re- going to be really good for Justin yeah. Evans Jenkins. Yeah. And this is, you know, this is long-term. This is going to be better for his development. And I-, I think maybe we didn't appreciate how close Justin Evans Jenkins was to getting on the field yeah. anyway. There were talk about how like, – I think there was legitimate questions in camp if he was going to beat out Ben Scott for that center mm-hmm. spot. I mean, they, they really – really liked him and obviously they didn't want to get him onto the field this way but the fact that he's now in a position to play I have the least amount of concerns for him out of anybody that's filling in right now because Prohaska I just don't know what he looks like now you know like in terms of his health his mental state Mm -hmm. his like just his size like he's got he's so big now yeah he was not I mean he's grown another two inches since coming in and even since playing his freshman year where you're just like I don't know 
if this guy can move the way move the way he needs to. You've got Henry Litovsky, who's been in the program for a couple years, but hasn't made a ton of noise. But out of those three guys, Justin Evans Jenkins is the guy I have the least amount of questions about, and he's the guy we've seen the least of, right? I mean, yeah. he's been on the field the least. He's a true freshman. You just look at that guy and you go, yeah, no, I feel okay about that. I'm good. And like you said, he goes from guard to center and we're just like, yeah, no, this is fine. Yeah. Like how many times do you see a backup center in there and you've got snap issues, you've got exchange issues, you've got all sorts of issues because of how important the center mm-hmm. is there. And he just – See it all the time. Not all on, the time. Yeah. Not only does he go from, okay, I'm, I'm all of a sudden playing guard, and then he's like, oh, no, now I've got to play maybe the most critical position on the offensive line with probably – hardly any reps going into that week you know what kind of doesn't surprise me however though is coach rule told us after i think the first or second practice of fall camp Mm -hmm. he said the speed and the talent on which we have on this freshman group is kind of ridiculous he's like Mm -hmm. the speed is what stands out he goes i've told them the only difference that gets you on the field he's like we're gonna play our older guys he's like they want this and he's like they're gonna lead us our freshmen will help us get Mm -hmm. there he's like the only difference why freshmen get on the field or why they don't is if how much they study film if they put the phone down, if they stay here longer and they study film and they know the playbook, you will get on the field. So I'm not surprised that if he can go for multiple positions, that's one it's telling me that he's proved the yeah. coaching staff. I've watched film. I know what I'm doing. That's mm-hmm. probably why he's on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, really good stuff there. Uh, coming up, we're going to lighten things up a little bit, start playing a little game here uh, with Avery. It's our Wednesday game. Guess who? Giving away some UNO hockey tickets. Yeah, so call in 888-638-4876 if you want to win UNO hockey tickets right here on Herd at Sports Radio.